This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into our favorite episodes of 2023. Olivia, this is a recap episode for the year coming out a little bit later than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this podcast should be called Check the Thermometer, maybe not Check the Locks. <laughs> but how are you feeling? How is your last, I mean, Christmas, New Year's? Catch me up. How have you been doing other than? being, you know, patient zero for COVID at the holiday season? Well, I had a great Christmas until I started to drive home the day after Christmas and realized that I wasn't feeling so great. And by the time I got home, it just continued to get worse. And the next day I went to work and left early. Turns out I tested positive for COVID. And um, I spent New Year's on the couch alone. I was pretty sick for probably a solid four to five days, like really not well. Um, I'm still a little congested, so I apologize. And now I'm just kind of dealing with the fatigue. What about you? You've been under the weather too, but how was your Christmas, your New Year's and happy 2024? Happy 2024. Uh, Well, first of all, I am so happy that you're feeling at least better. You're coming around. I know we're recording a little late tonight, so I appreciate you pushing through and, you know, having COVID before I know that lethargic feeling run down, you know, doesn't go away easily. So I am glad that you're on the men's. My holiday was good. We had a little bit of an issue here where in the week leading up to Christmas, it was like 20 degrees, 30 degrees. It was really, really cold. Mm -hmm. And then Christmas Eve and Christmas day, it shot up to like 70. So my sinuses were just insane. And then Millie ended up getting an ear infection. And then somehow I got a double ear infection. So I woke up and like could not hear. Like I thought something was wrong with me. Kara was talking and it sounded almost like um, the parents and Charlie Brown were just like, and I was like, I, I 
was literally like panicking. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Can you please like slow down, speak a little clearer? And then I was thinking <laughs> about, you know, uh, some of our Patreon meetups with Carissa and, and just being like, oh, well, this makes a whole lot more sense now because it was literally like being underwater and people trying to talk to you. You couldn't hear anything. So pretty congested and stuff like that. But that is starting to clear and thank heavens for like teledocs and antibiotics and stuff like that. So I'm hoping over the next couple of days, it'll start to dry out a little bit more, but definitely on the upswing. It was not how I anticipated 2024 to start for either of us. No, but technically we ended sick in 2023. So I feel like just because we're still kind of sick in 2024, does it mean that our whole year means we're going to be sickly? I'm staying positive for it, but we'll see. No, I'm there with you. I had scheduled some time off at the beginning of the year because I'm like self-care, baby. Like I'm going to get a massage and get a haircut and get some stuff done. And then it was like you scheduled this time off just to be sick. So I was like, at least I had the time scheduled off, but not how I anticipated starting the year off. But I did want to just take a moment and say thank you to everybody who reached out on socials. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, we know a few people who have my number and and stuff like that. And they reached out and text and things of that nature. And so just wanted to say thank you guys so much for checking in on us and making sure that we were okay. I know Angel posted today. She was like, I'm just making sure both of you are still alive. (laughs) So we are. Yeah, we had to go back to work and catch up on life. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's been a lot. But the good news is we're back. Uh, We were singing My Pony a little earlier because we're back in the saddle. We're going to be dropping episodes again like normal and. Just thank you for your patience, but more importantly, thank you for checking in on us. And and it just was so overwhelming to see that so many people cared. I, I don't know how to put it into words, but we really, really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. Exactly what John said. And I kept saying, if I knew I was going to get COVID, I would have stayed at my parents' house. And I only say that because my mom was sicker than I was, but she at least had like my sister was able to come check on her. My friends dropped off drinks at, for my mom. My dad was there and he didn't get sick. It was just me and my mom. I would have not have drove home. I would have just stayed there and been sick and had someone to take care of me. I found out that to get cold medicine on DoorDash, you have to like scan your driver's license. Like you have to go meet the dasher and scan your ID. And I'm like, what's the point of them leaving it on my porch if I have to go meet them with COVID? Well, you could be making meth. That's why. Well, I wasn't. And I needed cold medicine, but my friend saved the day. So, but it's rough when you don't have anyone take care of you. Yeah. And I, you know, that's where it gets rough sometimes because like I've had friends here that have gotten COVID and like we've dropped stuff off for them or, you know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you like, we still have never met in person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like the most I can do is just call and be like, Hey, how are you? Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, next time I expect a bouquet of flowers on my porch or something. No, flowers die. There's only so many conversations you can have with your animals. And I've also found out that I watched a lot of TV. There was a day that I just was scrolling through all of the things. I think I talked to you that day and I was like, I don't have anything to watch. Yeah. There's nothing that I want to watch. Yeah, it's it's when you get sick like that and you start going through, you realize how like picky you are in your taste where you're like, no, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch that. And then you're like, I don't have anything to watch. So yeah. And then one morning I woke up and I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not home to watch daytime TV. We'll get started real soon. But I um went to like go downstairs and camped out downstairs. Cause I was like, you're, I'm either upstairs in my bedroom or I'm downstairs. Like I have to just move everything where I need it. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to watch like Kelly and Mark. Cause you know, I think they're kind of cute and I don't ever get to watch them. Right. I go to turn on the TV and I'm like, 
It's Saturday. Do you know the weird stuff they play on Saturday morning? Oh, yeah. It's all yeah, like, like all the animals. And I enjoyed it, but some of it was weird. And I'm like, I came down here, camped out to watch Kelly and Mark and whatever today with Hoda and whomever. And it was Saturday morning animals. They ate a lot of food over my COVID, my COVID break. Well, hey, you got to, you know, feed the sickness, feed the cold to get it knocked out of you. So, yeah. So, well, I am, like I said, I'm glad that you're back on the up and up and at least moving in the right direction and just glad you're okay. I was worried about you. You know, I had it around this time last year. I think it was like January, February. So, yeah, this is my second time, but my first time I didn't really have symptoms and then had the Paxlovid, whatever. And then it's been two, two years, I guess almost two and a half years, but this one took me out. So wear your mask, people. Yeah, I was convinced we had it and I took multiple tests and it was like, no, it's just crazy sinus, bacterial sinus infection. Yeah. And I have no taste and smell. It's slowly coming back on bits and pieces, but that's bizarre too. Well, I am glad again that, you know, we're kind of on the upswing and I have been really excited to record this episode because it's been a lot of fun to kind of go back. You know, we do so many of these in a year that you kind of forget, forget. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're People like, ask me all the time, oh, do you remember that one? I'm like, ah, oh, did I do it? Did John do it? And I think people think I'm crazy, but I cannot remember them. Well, no. And like we're researching usually two cases a week. A week. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pu- I moved past that. Right. My brain <laughs> only on. holds so yeah, much. My, it can only hold so much. Yeah. You know, there's only so many like terrible murder things that your brain can hold until you start getting them mixed up. So it was really interesting to kind of go back. But this week. We thought it would be really fun. You know, this is a little bit different. This episode is dropping on a Friday, which we never do. But And in 2024, but here we are. Right. It's (laughs) it's a little off the wall. But what we decided we would do, Olivia went back through all the episodes that she researched for this year and picked her top three. And I've done the same. And what we're going to do is just kind of go through and call out our top three episodes. And then we also have some listeners uh, who shared their top three in the Facebook. I thought we could talk about that a little bit. And uh, again, just kind of recap some of our favorites from the year 2023 and and move us into 2024 on a positive note and ready to shake the sickness and get back to the normal thing. Because I think 2024 is going to be a really good year. Uh, This community is absolutely amazing. And I'm just so excited to see how it grows over the next year. I mean, it's been crazy over the last, you know, 2022 when we started into 2023. So, you know, I I just, I can't wait to see how that continues, but what do you say, Olivia, should we jump into it and recap some of our favorite episodes? Yeah, let's get started. Why don't you um, start with your number three case of 2023, John? All right. I can definitely do that. So my number three, actually this episode was released on January 30th of 2023. And it was the Gaffney Strangler, Leroy Martin. Now, just going to give a quick recap, because if you haven't listened to the episode, I don't want to give all the details. I want to make sure people are able to go back and, and listen to it. But this case took place in South Carolina in 1968. Now, Bill Gibbons was the editor of the Gaffney Ledger, and he received an anonymous phone call. The caller on the other end said that he had three stories to tell Gibbons and asked him to take notes. He then gave Gibbons the name of three women, Nancy Carol Paris, Nancy Christine, Annie Lucille Dedman. Along with the names, he provided the newsman with three different sets of directions. 
and he informed Gibbons that he would find the bodies of each woman at the corresponding location. Now, Olivia, I don't know if you remember this, but at first Gibbons believed it was a prank. But when Mm -hmm. the local police got involved and they went out to these sites, the bodies started turning up. They had all been strangled to death. Some of them had cigarette burns on their backs and things of that nature. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Olivia, is, you know, again, at the time that this story took place in in the late 60s, this was South Carolina. Again, in the 60s, segregation was very much a thing. So, you know, the white community lived on one side of town. You know, people of color lived on a different side of town. There was not much integration. But when Opal Buxton, a 15-year-old African-American girl, was kidnapped a short time after the discovery of the bodies, the community came together. And eventually, after citizens followed a suspicious car, the cops would finally have a suspect. This was Leroy Martin. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details because if you haven't listened to it, I want to give you a chance to go back. Or if you'd like to revisit it, you definitely can. But eventually, Martin was arrested and confessed to the crimes. If you want to learn more about it or you know catch up on anything, again, this episode was released on January 30th of 2023. So anything you remember about that episode that that stuck out to you or anything like that, Olivia, after going through it? It does sound a little familiar. And like I said, I just have such a hard time remembering these cases. So this is a nice surprise for me, too. I remember the names as you were going through the women. And I'm sure if I went back and listened to it, I would remember it fully. But it's definitely, you know, these serial killers are the ones that get you for sure. Oh, for sure. And I think the reason that I picked this one is because of the fact that at the time, like police stations didn't work together. Right, so, right. you know, this guy would have never been caught or even been on anybody's radar if he didn't contact the newspaper and be like, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then especially in s- such a time of racial divide, one of the big elements of the story is the community coming together and saying, like, I don't care what race you are. I don't care what color you are. There's a kid who is missing and who's missing. People mm-hmm. are turning up dead and in our, our community. So we need to work together. And they were literally hunting for this girl looking for shoulder to shoulder. So I remember this being low on my deadbolt test, but the interesting factor and like the historical factor I found really, really interesting. So if you like history and things of that nature, if you haven't listened to it, it might be a good one to go back and check out. When you just said you, they were out looking shoulder to shoulder. I just had like a period of deja vu being like, in my mind, I had a picture of what I thought of when you said that, because I think you said those exact words in the episode. I may have. It's been a while since I've gone back and like revisited. Normally, mm-hmm. what's interesting about this for me is we record it and then I edit it and then I like go through and like proof listen to make sure I didn't miss anything. So by the time an episode comes out, I've listened to it like three times. So yeah. I don't you don't even listen to it the same way. Right. I don't listen to our podcast the same way that others do, like and how I listen to other podcasts. Yeah, I listen and be like, oh, I could have done a better job there. Right, or like, right, I messed right. Up I'm overanalyzing. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, Olivia, don't do that. Don't say that. Why? You sound like Kourtney Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's true crime. Uh, no, it's a true crime podcast. Well, that was my number three for 2023. Olivia, what do you have for us? Well, I'm going just a few months back to November 20th, 2023. This episode is called The Pig Farmer Part 2. And The Pig Farmer Part 1 for our new listeners was Willie Pigton. And then I just happened to find this lovely um, pig farmer named Susan Monica. Um, And to kind of like recap this episode, um, this happened on New Year's 
Eve, I believe, where um, Robert Haney's kids reported him missing in 2014 um, in Oregon. And this was Susan Monica was the landlord and he was living in his camper trailer on her property to be the handyman. I remember. Remember she had like the farm had like no running water. There was like trash everywhere. Just kind of like one of those hoarding scenes is kind of how I imagined it. And one some of the pictures you saw and she had 20 acres. He was there to help like live and like take care of things. But she was an avid pig raiser, pig farmer. Yes, I remember she like really loved her pigs more than she anything. She loved her pigs more than anything. And that's exactly what the judge said at the end of the case. And so, you know, she claimed that he went out of town and she was supposed to like take care of his dog and he left all of his belongings behind. And she actually got caught on the surveillance camera using his food stamp card. Yeah, at a Walmart. Yeah. And so she was like, no, he told me I could. And she said, I quit using the card because... You know, it ran out of money. Long story short, she ended up being investigated because they found a human femur on her property. And so then at that point, it's kind of when her story changed. But a few things like stood out from this case is when she was interviewed, um, they were asked if anyone she knew had ever died on the property. And she had told the police no. And then when they asked her if anyone had died, would she even tell them? And she replied, "Uh, I guess no. Like just so nonchalant. Um, but then the other thing was that she also killed another handyman, Stephen DeSolino, on her property as well, who was hired to help her. But in her court trial, that's when her cellmate testified against her because she signed the birthday card from the sweetest murderer in Jackson County, Susan B. Monica. Is any of this ringing a bell to you? It is. And I remember she okay. like blamed it on her sense of humor. Yeah. And she was just like, and basically, I'm not going to kill my pigs. And then the other thing that just kind of left it lingering is that she had mentioned to detectives, like, if I tell you about the 17 others, like, will I spend my life in jail? And so I think, you know, this is just one that's never finished, uh, but also someone who is mentally ill, who just murdered these two guys. Because remember, the autopsy results came back with gunshot wounds to the head, and then they just happened to be eaten by her pigs. Yeah. So I put this one. She's she's serving a life sentence still in Oregon. But yeah, I do remember. And I remember kind of being blown away that we had two cases, two cases of the pig farmers. Yeah. Where I was just like, you know, it's crazy enough that you would research something like Willie Picton. And not only is Susan Monica also a pig farmer, but she lived in very similar conditions. Mm-hmm. where, you know, there was just garbage all over the place and it was very run down. So like the similarities between the two, you know, obviously one was in Canada, one was in Oregon, but the similarities between the two are very, very crazy. So I remember oh, being yeah. very struck, just being like, I can't believe this has happened more than once. And it also made, right. it makes me wonder like how many other times it's happened. Yeah, that we just don't know about. But yeah, I just put this one on there because Susan Monica was just a sick human who murdered these men and basically watched her hogs eat them. Yeah, that one I remember definitely stuck with me the same way that Willie Pickton did. I think Willie mm-hmm. Pickton was a little bit further out there. Yeah, because be- he fed his people to his guests. Yeah. At the rage at the rager on the pig farm. Yeah, some weird mystery. Willie Pickton, he he tops it for sure. Yeah, but again, just thinking like Willie Pickton's the OG, but it's a little like <laughs> mind blowing that there's like another, another one. person. Yeah. Yeah.
Well, what do you have for your number two? Well, I think it was a really good segue because speaking of mystery meat and things of that nature, I'm going for my number two case of 2023, an episode called A Family Meal. And this episode came out on July 24th of 2023. And we're talking about Catherine Mary Knight. Does this one ring any bells to you? Not not right now. And Australia is trying to ring a bell to me, but I'm not 100% certain. Well, this case did take place in Australia in the year 2000. And when a neighbor realized that John Price's truck was in the driveway when he was supposed to be at work, they walked over to check on their friend. But when they noticed the small amount of blood on the door, they immediately called the police. What authorities discovered upon their arrival was something out of a horror film. Inside was Price's body, dismembered and skinned. And on the stove was Price's dismembered head. It was in a pot and had been skinned and boiled. Any of this sounding familiar to you up until this point? Yes. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, this one was really gruesome. So it turns out that the killer was Price's girlfriend, Catherine Mary Knight. She was a slaughterhouse employee with a violent past. I don't know if you remember, but this is the woman who slept with a set of butcher knives above her bed because she was super proud of being a butcher. It was like her dream job. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. The most shocking part of the story came when police discovered two plates containing Mm -hmm. vegetables and a mystery meat. It -hmm. turns out Knight had planned to serve her victim to his two children. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah, I remember your stomach being upset Mm -hmm. when we recorded Mm -hmm. this one. Here we are. Recap. I'm still not completely healed, John. Yep. Now, again, I'm not going to go into all of the details. Like I said, Mary Catherine Knight had a very violent past. We do cover them in the episode. So if you haven't listened or you want to go back and kind of get grossed out again, you can go back and check it out. But eventually Knight would be arrested and she would plead guilty to the murder. She is currently serving a life sentence in Australia. Sorry to bring that one back up to get you all queasy, but that was one that I was like, this story is insane. Yep. That one I remember just being like, like gross. Like I just can't. I remember. No, 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 (laughs) no. Don't feed your human remains to people. Yeah. I feel like we had a couple of stories this year. Back to back to back. I feel like we did like, yes, there was just so many of boiling hands and putting heads in the freezer and. Yeah, 2023 was a very, it was like the year of the cannibal for us. Cannibals, yeah, for sure. Well, I I had to pick this one as one of my top episodes just because of the fact that even the reaction from the recap was so strong. And I remember this was high for us both on the deadbolt test, but just that there was somebody out there who, again, you're in a relationship with this person. I know we've talked about it, you know, since we started this podcast, but like, It just really hammers home. You never really understand the extent of someone that you're supposed to trust or like tells you that they love you to your face. And then the next moment they're chopping you up and boiling your head and trying to serve you to your family. And again, I think the last part is that they found another plate and some of it had been eaten. Eaten, so yeah. she tried. This is, is she the same lady who put on the red lipstick, or am I getting her confused with one of mine that I did? That's that, no, I think it was mine. Did. Yeah, and she put the head in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she got all like dressed up. She was like, she got yeah, dressed up. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so that is my number two. Again, if you want to go back and revisit that episode, you can. Uh, again, that was called The Family Meal. It came out on July 24th of 2023. Olivia, tossing it over to you. What's your number two of 2023? Well, my number two is another one that really got me. So we're kind of going on the same wavelengths here for our number twos. This one was actually a short on time that we released on March 29th, 2023. And I'm not going to say much about this because I think I've talked about it enough in the episode and in the episode show notes, it has the clip that disturbed me to my core, but this is the suitcase murder. And it was the murder of Jorge Torres Jr. And his girlfriend, Sarah Boone had put him in the suitcase as they were playing hide and go seek. And she went to bed and she claimed she woke up and he was dead in the suitcase but you clearly, I made the mistake of watching the video. And in that video, you can clearly hear her slurring her words under the influence of either drugs or alcohol. And you can just hear him pleading for his life and the suitcase moving. And his body is just curled up in that suitcase suffering. And this one just really threw me for a loop. I remember that one because we listened to that audio and watched that Mm -hmm. video together. I don't think we put it in the episode, if I remember correctly, because it is really disturbing. Yeah, we didn't put the audio. I think we just put it in the show notes. Yeah, because, you know, there is sometimes like we'll try to put some audio in or something like that. But yeah, that was too much. Yeah, it was uh, a whole hell of a lot to like sit through. And I remember if I remember correctly, like we paused, we watched it and we came back and we were both like, ugh. It's yeah, just, there's two different like versions of it. One where the suitcases moved. It's like she did two videos. Yeah, like yeah, she definitely knew what she was doing. Hundred percent. And yeah. this is just really rocked my core. I'm like, this is disgusting. How can someone do this to somebody? Well, yeah, and again, this is you know your boyfriend. And if I remember correctly, they also had like a rough past. Like they had filed like assault claims on each other and oh, stuff. Yeah, and I think like, so. That they weren't the most stand up successful couple, but no one deserves how he died. No, not at all. But it it is one of those things where you, you watch that video or you listen to that audio. And I think it mm-hmm. is hard to not put yourself in that situation mm-hmm. and like what you would be thinking and like you're running out of air and yeah, panic, panic. Yeah, I mean, you can hear the sheer terror in his voice. I'm telling you when I watched it, I was like, John, I have at it, but it's hard to watch. Yeah. I remember being shaken and you know, that whole like, Oh, I fell asleep. You don't take a bunch of videos. She was taunting him too the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. Mm-hmm. So it's, and he was pleading and just calling her name. Like, I mean, I just hear it over. I can just hear him in my head. It, it's just sad. So be mindful if you haven't listened to this episode or you didn't watch the video the first time. I don't really recommend it, but to each their own. And that episode came out March 29th, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. March 29th, 2023. Yeah. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, be warned uh, again, you know, if you are interested in the dark stuff, the show notes are still there. The links are still there. If you want to watch those videos or listen to that audio, but just a heads up, it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And if they're not in the show notes, it, it's right there on Google. I definitely think we linked them up. Cause I remember us talking I about being we like, we're not going to play it, but if you want to like, check it out, it's there. Yeah, for sure. Well, that leads me into my number one drum roll. I don't think you can hear it. I'm doing a little one too, little drum roll. So my number one episode 
It actually came out in January. It was January 16th of 23. And for some reason, I felt like this case was really one of our first like big hitters. Cause we had, at this point we started in May of, I want to say May of 22, right? Yeah. If I remember May will correctly. be three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So May of 22. And so I think we were about six or seven months into the podcast. And I remember being like, oh, this is one of like our big hitters. This is what it felt like when I was going through. I was like, I feel like we haven't done one like this before. Yeah. Reading this title. I'm like, I, this one was a big one. Yeah. And so my number one episode of 23 was the vampire of Sacramento otherwise known as Richard Trenton Chase. So this case goes back to the Sacramento area in the late 1970s. And I remember talking about it in the episode, but at this time, that community in Sacramento felt very safe, very leave it to beaver kind of, you know what I mean? People didn't really lock their doors and things like that. And a truck driver named David Wallen returned home to find a grisly site. His wife, Teresa, had been shot sexually assaulted and mutilated. Now, sadly, Teresa was pregnant at the time and her unborn child also lost its life. But most disturbingly, if you remember, Olivia, Teresa's abdomen had been cut open. Her organs had been moved around and it seemed that her blood had been consumed by her killer. I don't know if you remember, but we talked about it. Yogurt cups used to be like paper and they Mm -hmm. found like the yogurt cup with lip impressions and fingerprints on it. So it looked like the killer was drinking the blood from this old yogurt cup. Mm -hmm. Now, the police and the community were obviously shocked. But when several other victims began to turn up, their fear only grew. Now, again, I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts, all the details, everything like that. But if you want to go back and check out the episode again, it's January 16th of 23. Now, police would eventually get a tip that led them to a suspect. And again, this was Richard Trenton Chase. He was eventually arrested at his apartment complex after a struggle. But when detectives actually went in to search his residence, they found that the entire place was covered completely in blood. So countertops, couches, carpet, blend. I mean, every surface was soaked in blood. On May 8th, 1979, Chase would be found guilty of six murders. Any of this ringing a bell as we went through, or do you remember how you felt as we covered that story? Yeah, I remember that story just being so shocking, just about the blood. When you started talking about the details of the blood being everywhere, that it that was gruesome. I mean, we've had some intense serial killers this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And again, I'm not going to go too far into it because I want people to check it out if they haven't. But Chase thought that there was something wrong with his blood. So he thought that like ingesting animal blood or other human blood mm-hmm. would like fix whatever he thought was wrong with him it was some kind of delusion. But I had to pick this one because I don't know if you remember this detail or not. But if I remember correctly, he heard voices in his head and he would go up to a door and if he turned your door oh, and it was yes. locked, he would move he, to the next house. Next house. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Teresa Wallen at the time was walking out of her house to take out the garbage. And right as she was unlocking the door to take out the garbage, he turned the knob and was like, you're the one I'm supposed to kill. Yeah. So I forgot about that. Yep. That one is stuck with me because it's just the idea of 
you're home and your door is unlocked. And that's the only reason that it's you. You know what I mean? That, that terrifying is that, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that, that horror film, the strangers, but they're like, why me? And they were like, you were home. And that it's just terrifying to think. Mm -hmm. So that is my number one. I definitely recommend uh, if you have the constitution for it, go back and give it a listen. If you haven't listened to it, or I would say that's probably one that's worth revisiting just because the story is so crazy. But what do you have for your number one, Olivia? So I went for my number one. Um, This was from June 19th of 2023. And I went back to the Mad Fighter or Richard Otto Masick. Um, Do you remember this one? I don't know if that name rings a bell. I do remember the Mad Biter. Yes. When you were asking me about it, because we were kind of going back and forth and brainstorming. I didn't remember his name, but I remember the case very clearly. So, yeah, I think this is a good pick. Yeah. So um, Richard Otto Masick uh, was actually a young serial killer. I think he was like 26 at the time um, back in 1974. And he murdered um, 24-year-old Paula Cooper. 26-year-old Nancy Lossman and her three-year-old daughter, Lisa. He later, a few years later, um, attacked a 20-year-old woman and raped her, I think at a laundromat, if I remember correctly. Um, And that's when he was actually charged and arrested. And so he was sentenced with like 50 to 70 years for that attempted murder um, of the 20-year-old at the laundromat. And then a few years later, he actually pled guilty to Paula's murder, receiving a life sentence. And What brought me back to this one was the amount of time he was actually sentenced to, because this, I think, was the highest amount of years we've had thus far. But he was actually received an additional 200 to 400 years for a double homicide. What gave him the name the Mad Biter was that he would leave bite marks on all of his victims. He would also slit the eyelids. I don't know if you remember that detail, but he slit their eyelids. Um, But there was also another woman who was murdered um, around that time. And there was a man um, and in the actual, you know, full episode, it gives you all these details. But there was a man who was sentenced to, I think, a life sentence for the murder of this woman. But then as the forensics got better with like bite mark analyses, they were able to release this man and get clemency because he was serving sentence for a murder he didn't commit. And they found that it was actually Richard Otto Masick who committed that murder because his bite marks matched up. So I went back to this one just because of how many years he was sentenced to 200 to 400. That's a lot. And I think he's the highest one we've done. Yeah. I remember that story being crazy because I know we talked a lot about bite mark evidence as well, Mm -hmm. but for him being so young and then to have such like a wide range of victims and to have two very distinct signatures. You know what I mean? Where he's, he's biting and then also like slitting the eyelids is, you know, usually you get a killer who does like one of those things and you're like, okay, there's something wrong, but this guy, you know, you definitely have a fascination with mutilation and and things of that nature. So I do remember this one. And I remember when you were presenting it, you could definitely tell that doing the research on it had shook you a little bit because it was, you know, more on the graphic end. And I know you're always the person that's like, okay, I'll like spare the details here. Spare the details here. And that lets me know it's like, uh, okay, this it's one was lot. hard. Yeah. Hard for you to get through. So. Yeah. 
And Masick was actually compared to John Wayne Gacy because Gacy, I think, used to like be comforted by his mother's underwear or something along those lines. And Masick also, would, he's, I think he stole underwear of some of his victims and kind of thought that it was similar. And it was, I guess, around the same time frame. And so they were saying like he was similar to Gacy and his murder pattern and just having a theme and leaving his mark behind. The whole thing is just unsettling. You know what I mean? Where there's just so many little details. And again, I don't want to get into everything because I want people to go back and listen to it. But there's just these little details throughout where you're just like, it just makes me feel icky. Like talking mm-hmm. about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's when I say I'm gonna spare you. Yeah. So it's one of those ones I definitely recommend like going back and listening to it. But yeah, I just remember that was one where like I was thinking about it for a day or two after. So I think it's a really good number one, number one pick for the year. Yeah, and I like that we're doing this uh this episode because I am someone who I use my imagination a lot. Like when you said they were shoulder to shoulder, like I remember having a memory of that when we were doing the case. I like to see what people look like and I like to kind of dive in and do my own dig on things when I listen to like historical things or informative things and read about them. So I'm okay with, you know, saying like go back and listen because I think it makes it more exciting. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, I know, you know, just being honest, like we try to put out a lot of content. You know what I mean? We do mm-hmm. two episodes a week usually, and you know, there's just a lot. So it's easy to miss stuff or like you, you know, are trying to catch up or anything like that. So hopefully if you haven't listened to any of these, you, know, you can go back and check them out and let us know what you think. And, you know, those are our top three for the year. But of course we want to hear from our locksmiths. We want to know what your top three were. You can let us know if you're in our Facebook group, you can drop them there. If you're on Instagram. You can post them. Just make sure you tag us in them. We would love to hear what your favorite Check the Locks episodes were for 2023. We did ask in the Facebook group and we got a couple of responses. Olivia, are you interested in kind of learning what some people said? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I wanted to quiz you and see if you remember any of these episodes. Angel in the Facebook group, her top three were the move-in murder. Do you remember that one at all? No, I'm not good with that. <laughs> So the move-in murder was the episode that we did where it was a young couple. They married right out of high school. They moved into a home together. Things, I think I did this one. Yeah. Uh, and it was the one where the police suspected the husband, but it turns out it was somebody that worked with the husband. He like came over while the husband was at work and murdered the wife. Do you remember? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So definitely a good one to listen to. How about a deadly pact? That was... Angels number two. Those were the teenagers. No. I need another clue. (laughs) So uh, a deadly pact was the case that took place in the upper peninsula of Michigan. The couple had made a pact that if one cheated on the other, they would kill the person. Oh, yes. Yep. 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 That's a good one. I do remember that one. Mm -hmm. I remember that they found the like a journal or something where the husband was writing a short story about killing the man that his wife was cheating with him on. And it was very similar to the victim and and things like that. Yep. Yep. I remember that one. And then the last one that angel had for her number three was more than mice in the basement. Do you remember that one? What What's flashing back is the one where I just did where the, the private investigator helped them figure out that the man, the husband was still in the basement. Yep. And they walked past it a bunch of times and the private investigators who ended up like figuring out, like, y'all need to go back. Yep. Yeah. That's the one more than mice in the basement. That is the okay. one where uh, I did that one. Right. Yeah. 
See, I can't even remember who did what. <laughs> that was one that you did. So yes, more than mice in the basement. That's definitely one. Uh, what throws me back. for a loop is the titles that I send you and the titles that end up are usually not the same. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, it was this one. <laughs> and then I never really pay attention to the new name. Yeah, I do all like the art and the naming of everything. So you're right. That is my bad. But I just some of wondering. them stay. But some of them like, I don't know what to name it. Name it, John. Yeah. Well, then Rebecca said uh, a squatter in the attic because we did do part two. Yeah. All the squatters get me. Yeah. Oh, those ones are terrible. And then do you remember the bad friends episode? I feel like I did that one. I think it might've been context clue. Was you? So it was the girl who snuck out of her house to go hang out with her two friends. That's the ones where the friends killed her in the woods. Yeah. 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 So that that one, yeah, that one actually came out in August. It was August 7th. That is a crazy story because I believe they thought like she had died of a drug overdose and there's a lot of weird Mm-hmm. The police just not, it didn't feel like the police were really doing all really they could, investigating. If I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rebecca's number three was a family meal, which we covered that one. That was uh, my number two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Aaron, who I love, Aaron said, I didn't know there would be a quiz at the end of the year. So, <laughs> so there's always quizzes in nursing school, Aaron. Yes. Come on. So we'll have to, we'll have to come back to her. But again, we would love to hear what your top episodes were. And, you know, if you shared with us on the socials, thank you so much for doing that. And it is just crazy to think that like, we have a community, we have listeners out there who are like, these are my favorite episodes that you've done. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's still weird to think that anybody listens to this podcast. It was even like, I just felt so overwhelmed by people reaching out and being like, Hey, are you guys okay? Like, is, how is everybody doing? And like, you know, we missed the show, but like, you know, I don't know. It's just weird that, that they care about us as people and not just podcasters. It's just, we've talked about it before, but when we started this little podcast, right, we did not, it was just supposed to be our moms listening. Yeah, it was like, it was going to be moms and grandmas, maybe a couple of friends, right? And in 2023, we came close to having 30,000 people listen over a 30-day period. So just to think that there is that many people out there who have taken the time to listen to this podcast and have left us such nice comments. And I mean, 2023, when I think about this podcast, there were some hard times, right? But like... Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the love and the support and the camaraderie and the community that's been built around this, it is just absolutely mind blowing. So if you are listening to this, just know that you are a part of that. And we are so appreciative and Mm -hmm. we're going to keep doing this podcast for as long as you listen to it. So absolutely, you know, hopefully 10 years from now, we'll be doing the, you know, 2033 recap. So, you know, just thank you for listening and, and for Karen and for letting us hang out with you and, and be part of your life. It, it really means a lot. Yeah. And I can't say it any better than John just did. That's why he always says it for me. And speaking of 2023, you know, we would definitely be remiss if we didn't take a moment and just say, you know, unfortunately, like I said, 2023, it had some hard times. We, you know, we lost a member of our family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our, our good friend, our post-production editor. I mean, somebody that I had been, had been in my life for almost two decades. Uh, Matthew Halliday passed away suddenly. And it was a hit that I honestly did not know if we were going to be able to come back from. Matt was such a wonderful human being. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but like 
he helped with our show for nothing, like mm-hmm. nothing. I would, I would occasionally, whenever I had a little bit of extra money, I would, I would cash app him and be like, Hey dude, Give like him a little bit of money. Here's 50 bucks. Like, you know, take your wife out to dinner. Like hope you and Tiffany have a, a great time. Like, thank you for your help. But he, I mean, I remember I sent him the first episode that I edited. Yeah. What the hell did I get myself into? Well, he and was, who are these people talking? <laughs> he liked the content, but he was like, dude, this edit sounds like shit. And it was the first, like, it was the first time I had done anything like that, you know, and he could have just been like, this sounds terrible, fix it. But I remember like he got on the phone with me and he, he walked me through. He's like, this is what you need to do. Let me show you how to do it. And that was just the guy that he was like, like, like I said, I've known him. I'd known him for almost two decades and I was talking to his wife after he passed and, and. I told her, I was like, I can't believe that, you know, he would do this and he didn't ask for anything. And she was like, he believed in you and he believed in what you and Olivia were doing. And he thought it could be something special. And there isn't a time where I sit down and put these headphones on and talk to this microphone, or I sit down and edit where I don't think about him. And there's some days where I'm like, oh man, like editing this podcast, like I've got a million things to do and I have to, you know, stay up late. And it's, his voice in my head being like, you can do it because can do it. he, he knew it was something special. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm trying not to get uh, choked up right now, but he, uh, he was a big, he was more than just our last editor. You know, I didn't know Matt like you did, but he was your friend of, of 20 years. I mean, that's most of your life. And it was a huge devastation. And I remember the day I got the call and, you know, I just, it was a shock to everyone. And, you know, I, I, I don't envy being in your shoes or, you know, knowing him the way that you did. But I remember you telling me, we got to keep going. He believes in us. We can do this. And that's what we've done. We have had a rough year, but we have fought through illness, other family deaths. You know, we've had a, a rough year. And I think to circle back, that's what makes our podcast like a family where our listeners really, truly care about us as people and not just true kind podcasters. You know, they say, take care of yourself and your family first. We understand life happens. Yeah, it really means a lot. And, you know, Matt loved a lot of things like he was super into the environment and environment. conservation and wanting the world to be a better place. and and for the earth to be taken care of. Like he had a lot of passions, but what I will always remember him as is a creative. I mean, I remember we were one of the very first recording sessions I ever did with my old band was at, you know, we did it with him in his parents' basement and we recorded this song and uh, I'd, I'd come over to like, listen to the, the, the mixes on it. And he, all of a sudden I heard trumpet. And I was like, where, like, where did that, like, did you program that? He was like, no, I played trumpet in high school. And he was like, I thought it would sound really cool. So I just, you know, trumpet and it was, didn't add it. yeah. And it was one of those things I never would have thought of, or even, you know, when you, if you listen to this podcast, you hear our content warning in the beginning and it's that like creepy piano music. Well, I sent it to Matt and it was just the piano. And he was like, no, dude, he's like, you need this and let's put this here. And so his mind just work that way. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe that if he were with us today, seeing the way that the community has built around the show and the way that people are invested, I think that his heart would truly be full 
and that he would really feel like he was a part of something special. And that is because of the people who are listening to the show. So absolutely. We just want to let you know, we love you. We appreciate the support. And, you know, again, it's one of those things where just glad that we can continue to do it and, and hopefully, you know, somewhere he's proud. That's the only thing I could ask for. So again, with that, just wanted to say, you know, thank you for all of your support during this year and, and ups and downs. And, and like Olivia said, thank you for caring about us as people. And I don't know, it just means the world. We've had a great 2023 and I am thankful of my partner, John. I say it all the time. Couldn't do this podcast without him because he does all the legwork, but um, you know, I'm excited to see 2024 and I, I think we should reach out to our Facebook group and our listeners and see if they have any recommendations for our upcoming year. Yeah, drop it. Or if there's anything that you would like to hear, I mean, not just like case suggestions, but, you know, any feedback, you know, leave those voicemails and leave those reviews and let us know what you think. And, you know, our goal is to just be as good of a podcast as we can for the people that listen. So, you know, help us out and let us know. But thank you for an amazing 2023. We are so excited for whatever 2024 holds and we are so happy that we get to do it with the people who are listening so that is all that we have for this recap of 2023 but we're going into 2024 so until next time don't forget to check the locks see you next week